Welcome to All In with Aqueous, Episode 3, brought to you by Community Beer Works. I'm your host, Mike Memo Minio. You can follow us on Twitter at All In with AQ, or also the website is allinwithaqueous.com. I'm here in Ryan Bress's studio, and we have the great guitarist, keyboardist, wow. Dave Loss. I'm the us. great now, huh? You are always the great. Wow, thank you. Uh, Dave's fresh off uh, his first ever Jam Cruise experience, yes. so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So, Dave, welcome. Thank you. It's good Thank to you for having me. Have you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And let's talk. So, how was Jam Cruise? Pretty awesome experience? It was pretty incredible. It was one of those things that people always talk about. And I was like, wow, that'd be pretty cool if I could be on that boat. Well, you know, there's just loads of just amazing musicians, and all the fans there are awesome. And it's just a good hang. Musicians and just and non-musicians just hanging out. It's good. Yeah. So, did you see a lot of music while you were there? I or? did. There was, I mean, the, the lineup was stacked and all sorts of amazing, you know, people there. I mean, one of my favorites, I know Shira from Turquoise, she did, like, this jazz lounge thing. And uh, they did, like, Golden Lady, like, Stevie Wonder, and did some other, like, really cool tunes. And just had all these, just, like, amazing musicians, you know, come up. Uh, some of the Dumpster Funk guys came up, and uh, Natalie Cressman and Jen Hartswick. Just, it was just really cool. Sure. And so you guys played two sets, right? Yeah, we did two. Okay. And then what did you do? Did you play with anybody else or did you do we anything did, else? Uh, well, actually, yeah, Mike was in this with me. There's, Everyone remember the match game? I remember it, yep. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. And I think it was from the 70s. So I had to look it up. I was a newbie. I had no idea what was going on. But so I was in like the house band. It was basically just turquoise. Well, some of the turquoise horns uh, and then me and Taylor and... Uh, a drummer whose name I can't remember and now I'm embarrassed if he ever listens to this because I can't remember <laughs> your name I'm sorry uh, but, but you were great but you were awesome he was, he was oh, great yeah. the whole the whole thing was cool yeah um, Yeah. so I just played guitar in like this backing band we learned like the theme song and uh, Mike was on like the celebrity panel and and you know answering the questions and I was up there vamping on a C chord for like an hour <laughs> but it was cool it was fun nice cool so uh, how was the turnout for your sets pretty good it or? was great yeah both of the sets, my favorite of the two uh, was the pool deck, just because that was like the one set where you felt like, yeah, I'm on Jam Cruise. Mm -hmm. Like, we're here. You know, it was at night. It was like 2, uh, 2 a.m. to 3.30. That's what it was. Uh, so we were out there. It was late night. People still came out because it was on Saturday. So it's like getting a little further into the cruise. It's like, I don't know if are people still going to be out here. Or are they all, you know, tired out, out by yeah, this point? Sure. But uh, there's all sorts of music just going on all the time, so. So people were coming out, so that was great, and it was, yeah, it was like the, we made it, we're here. How tired were you when you got back? Not at, I slept pretty well. Yeah? I don't know if anybody else slept well, but I did. Dave Loss sleeps <laughs> like he's a, he's a champion. I, I guess so, because, like, some people, like, I first, I never get motion sickness, and I've never been on a cruise before, so I wasn't sure if I was going to be, you know, like, good with that whole thing, and it was a little rocky, but I think it actually, like, rocked me to sleep a little bit. Well, I've heard, I there's rumors going around that you are a pretty good sleeper on long bus tours. I can do it. I can do it. If you need me to go to sleep right now, Dave, I could probably do it. Are you the you. best sleeper in Aqueous? I will take that title. Yeah. Proudly. Yeah. Ryan over here is also <laughs> nodding, giving approval to Dave. You know, he's, he's there. Yeah. He so, knows. all right. So we're breaking down. We got Dave Loss is the best sleeper in Aqueous. That's point number one for I'll today. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, so, Dave, let's talk a little bit. Um, so we're after, you know, with Jam Cruise, you just came off of, a, obviously, mm -hmm. Tom Ballroom, which was a pretty amazing experience. We were talking was, off, yeah. off air here. So let's talk. We'll, we'll start there. Talk a little bit about Tom, Tom Ballroom. Yeah. How that was for you guys. and It was incredible. 
it was uh, not our first time playing there. Uh, we had played Becht in March with Twiddle. Um, but we sold it out like our first headlining show, so that was amazing. And just the history of the room, because we had been going there to see shows for a really long time. And like a lot of like, we saw Mo there and saw Umphreys there, like a lot of like shows that really kind of shaped like what we wanted to do and how we thought about music and wanted to approach it. Yeah, we're seen there, and that's just that's like a staple Buffalo venue. So for us to be able to play there in our own show and sell it out like the first time, which was like it took us like maybe till now to like for to hit me. Sure. Like holy shit, I did that. We did mm-hmm. that. That was it was incredible. So you did the gorillas, right? Yeah, that so, was that was neat. I liked that. Yeah, and that's um, that's a big influence for you guys, or a little bit. I think it was a really uh, unique thing to kind of do especially for people in like the jam band scene you wouldn't necessarily expect that um kind of band if you're if you're doing a tribute set i guess that probably wouldn't be the first one that someone would think of which i thought was neat um and it was cool because for me it was pretty much all keyboards i was doing for all that so it was fun for me to try and like program some stuff and come up like all right well i hear this sound we're only a four piece how are we going to make this sound good how are we going to make it sound right um so that was that was a fun you know, challenge to just, you know, get the sounds right and, you know, kind of make our own. It just inevitably kind of turns into, like, the aqueous version of whatever song it is. Not, like, intentionally, you know, it just kind of morphs its way that way. We stick to the original for the most part, but, you know, it always has our own little flair to it sure. or whatever. So I'm kind of curious. So let's talk about um, how, do, how do you guys go about learning all those songs? Like, is it, was, it a pretty, a good amount. I think we had pretty like, intense process? Or? I think we learned maybe, like, ten tunes. I think we maybe cut one or two. And how long you think that took? To learn them all? Yeah. I mean, the, the songs are actually not that hard in a sense of, like, what chords they are, you know, or it's like, you know, it's only like an A and a B section, and it's like three chords. Like, the song itself is pretty, you know, pretty basic for the most part, a lot of it, but just the way that they went about recording it and the way you have to, like, put the sounds in the right spots and do it justice right exactly the way you have to hit the notes at the right times as opposed to it being some crazy jazz tune where you have to shred some lines or something uh it was just kind of putting it together in the way the right way so it took a couple practices but it was it was more of it was a fun thing the whole time sure fun like piecing it together and like the first time you play like oh that sounds like crap i don't know what are we gonna do and i just kept playing and like working it out oh okay change this a little bit and then you know it finally comes together so is most of that set list you know, uh, drawn up ahead of time or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we learned all the tunes, and then once we learned the tunes, you know, felt decent on them. Um, Mike, like, put the set list together, and then we can kind of start to work out, like, what transitions nice. we were going to do. And some of that stuff ended up changing when we got to the ballroom, because, or, like, when we were, like, in the middle of the set, because we ever, all of our jams go too long. That is an incorrect okay. statement. That was an incorrect statement. They don't go too long. They go long, I okay. should say. Which is good. I love it. So yes. I love how long they go. So, but with that, you know, there's only so much time Correct. in a day, so we'll end up going too long on something maybe, and they're like, oh, crap, I gotta, all right, we gotta cut that, cut that. Yeah, and sure. Skip to something else, you know. So would you say, like, that might have been the most energetic room you've been in? Oh, yeah. It was and we've, pretty we've amazing We've done some experience. cool, yeah. you know, like, opening slots with some, like, pretty crazy, you know, crazy crowds and all, but knowing that it was hometown, you know, friends and family, and... You know, sold out show with that many people that would had like that special energy that and it's New Year's yeah and it, it's, it's super, New Year's exactly yeah, everybody's having a good time it was just like the thing you just I was just like standing there playing and I was like oh wow this is this is crazy yeah like it just you're just you have to just like take it in and then before you know it it's I'm home sleeping it's like well, what happened 
You guys put out that uh, Strange Times video from the Fillmore. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, that looked like cool. you had a pretty awesome crowd for that. That room was huge. Yeah. yeah. And it looked packed. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we were fortunate that the Umphreys people came out to check us out early. You know, we, we have you know, a good amount of fans out there, so which was nice to see a lot of them. But that was that was a massive crowd. Yeah, I guess technically, you know, double or whatever would have been town ballroom, and it was it was huge. But it was so that was cool in a different sense, just seeing all of these people, sure, you know, out there listening to your music, which was pretty cool on its own. And you're Sometimes. opening for Humphreys, so it's like, and we're opening for Humphreys. Yeah, I love those guys. Absolutely. So Dave, I'm glad to have you on at this time because I think uh, this is an important thing for me to talk about to you about. So I've been seeing you guys since like 2011, and oh, yeah. I think this fall and winter tour... It you seemed, go way back. I go way back. Um, not as far back as you, but no, no, pretty no. far back. No, no, no. Um, but haven't haven't seen you guys for so long. I feel like this winter and fall tour, you guys really took a jump. Jams mm-hmm. seem to have went a lot longer. Oh, yeah. There seems to be a lot more going on. So maybe you could talk to me a little bit about, you know, what do you think is the biggest difference why jams are so much longer now? Shows yeah. are four or five songs in a whole show sometimes. Yeah, four songs a set. That seems to be pretty standard Yeah, now. So, so let's talk about kind of, you know, the jump and where you guys yeah, think you are it musically. Was pretty, and, yeah, it was nothing that we really planned or, you know, said, okay, hey, we're going to start doing longer jams. It just kind of evolved that way, and it was kind of a natural, organic thing. Uh, and once we started doing it more, people kind of reacted to it. In a, in a positive way and you know it was like well like we'll do like a short song like we'd specifically do like a song a song that's shorter you know and not jam as heavy and then you know the other two or three songs would go longer and those are the songs that people liked and we're talking about and they wouldn't, wouldn't talk about so much you know there's the short studio versions so are like well let's just jam everything and see how that goes um and obviously the sets are you know only four songs um but people seem to really enjoy the longer jams and i do too and we've just gotten used to that now. So, like, if we do, like, just a studio version of a tune or a shorter jam, it feels like that song flew by, even though that was eight minutes, yeah. nine minutes. You know, and unless it's 20, it doesn't feel, you know, right anymore, I guess. But, yeah, so it was never anything that was planned, just an organic thing. And do you think, would you attribute some of that to Rob? Or you think, like... Him- I think definitely us becoming more comfortable with him Okay. Uh, definitely didn't hurt. It definitely helped. Because, like, if you're not comfortable with somebody it's definitely hard to jam for 20 minutes you know with them so if you're comfortable it's just easy for just to go off into wherever and you don't have to really worry about well are we going to find our way back or 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 whatever so that definitely helped that just you know him playing with us longer and just that comfort level and i think for me i think just the four of you have evolved individually quite a bit sure i i think we, we i like to think we all continue to try and get better and I'm always, you know, just working on trying to be better at, you know, guitar or keys or singing or, or whatever it is I'm focusing on at the time. So always striving individually to get better, which that in turn, you know, makes the band get better. Do you ever forget what song you're playing? <laughs> I have maybe once or twice. I, I, I swear to God, I've had to look down at the set list like, what, what the hell, what song are we in? I like try and find the set list on the ground like, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, we're going into this song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Nice. Definitely gotten lost before, but not not in a bad way. Not, yeah, no, that's not like being a, lost is good. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of nice, and that's like, oh right, right, okay. 
Do you <laughs> do you feel like it's a freeing thing, like playing the longer jams? Like yeah, it kind of is the spirit and yeah, it's it's neat because you can just kind of go off and we. I think we all instinctively kind of know like when something has gone too long or it gets stale or it gets mm-hmm. boring. Sure, you know. So I think it's not something we have to think about too heavily. Um, but you know, knowing that just kind of like so if it gets to a spot that's kind of you know boring or, or whatever will just kind of naturally evolve into like the next section and like okay we need to pick it up this is getting a little slow or, sure. or we're like oh we can slow it down it's going pretty quick so and is that mostly musical cues or you kind of look at each other a little bit of both? yeah well, it's a, a lot of just we've been playing together you know for especially me mike and evan have been playing together forever so just like little looks and nods we'll know you know what it's supposed to be but mike is really good at controlling um like where we're going as far as we just integrated the uh, talk back mics which have been really cool Tell me, tell me about that. What is that? So basically, that's just like a mic that we have, each, me, like all four of us have on stage, uh, and that we can just talk to each other, because we all use in-ear monitors, mm-hmm. so we can just talk to each other through that, so, and, but nobody else will hear it. So some certain things you can kind of like cue that, you know, instead of doing a hand signal, you can kind of cue it that way. Nice. It's like, oh, go and do, you know, you know, the next section, or going back to this song, or go to the, the, the B section, or, or, or whatever. Um, so you can kind of cue it that way, but we don't like to use it too much because then it's a little too calculated if you're using that all the time to try and transition to different parts, which can be cool. But Now, knowing you guys, have those ever been used for non-musical purposes? All, all the time. Yeah. it's okay. prob- <laughs> When we first got them, it was definitely 90% <laughs> useless garbage. Yeah. We can, we, we <laughs> I, won't, I won't even tell the story, but we just we had to stop recording it just yeah. just because it's like no one needs to hear what we're saying. I can only imagine. And there's a story I won't tell, but it was yeah. All right, next time you're on, you're telling. <laughs> it. All right. I don't think anyone wants to hear it. <laughs> All right, that's hilarious. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. So I've you know I've been impressed with what you guys have been doing over the fall. So thanks, to thank you. Guys. Let's go back to the the Dave Loss early days. Sure. So were you you were a guitarist first, correct? Yes. And you know about what age did you start? It was like fourteen, thirteen. Oh, so you're a little bit older. Yeah, I, yeah. it definitely didn't start like when I was like five or six. Sure. It was definitely later. Did you just pick it up, or did you take lessons, or? I took lessons for maybe a few months. It was basically just to show me, hey, this is a G chord. You know, this is a C. Yeah. I didn't take too much from it, and I, I stopped. Pretty soon after, just to kind of just practice and learn on my own. And were your parents big music people? They or? were. No, no, no one really in my family is was big on music in a sense that they played an instrument really or like had a career in music. Um, my dad like is a big music fan, likes and, all and, sorts of music. Yeah, what's he like? Uh, he introduced me to all sorts of stuff. Obviously, like the Beatles, all the classic stuff, like Steely Dan. He introduced me to. He was the first guy to show me Dark Side of the Moon. Um, just so he's got good taste. Oh, yeah, he's got great taste in music. So he's always showed me something cool that I had never heard before. Or maybe I'd heard of it, but like in a stocking stuffer for Christmas, he'll give me like some CD, I don't know, Steely Dan, Greatest Hits, or you know, whatever it is, trying to introduce me to new stuff. Sure. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. And so you started at 14 and then found Aqueous at what age? I think we were in high school. So that was like 2006, 2007. Somewhere in there is when we all started playing together. So it was me, Mike, and Evan, and then our original drummer, Brad, uh, yeah. Brad Darrell, yeah. Sure. And then when did you pick up the piano? 
I thought that I had, because it was funny, I was over Nick Sonnerker, yeah. one of our other drummers. Uh, I was hanging out with him the other day, like a month ago, actually. The other day, always, like, I say the other day, but like, oh, right, that was like three months three, ago. Yeah. Time has no You're relevance. You're getting older, Dave. Time has Way no relevance. Well, there's that, too. Yeah. Uh, and we were listening to some old sets, and I had, was playing keyboard on them. I'm like, I had no idea I was even playing piano on these, like, super old, like, recordings. So I guess I started earlier than I did, but it feels like really maybe like four or five years ago is when I actually started to take it a little more seriously and be like, okay, I can actually integrate this into the band, into, like, our own songs and into and the jams. Was that, like, an individual decision for you to, like, hey, the band could use a keyboard player or? I think it kind of was. I think it was a, it wasn't, like, them telling me, hey, you need to play you need to play keyboard, but it was, I think, a collective thing that's like, hey, we could do a lot more if you did keyboard, and it was the thing that I wanted to do. It wasn't, like, anyone told me to do it, so, and it was it was nice to always have, like, a bunch of different options, especially when you're doing cover tunes, like, if you're doing, like, Benny and the Jets, you were, me and you were talking about before, yeah. it's like, you need that piano, mm-hmm. and we, I think we had done it, like, a long time ago before I started playing piano, but. You know, just opens up that possibility, and especially in like the jam band community, like keyboards for jams is is pretty crucial to a lot of the stuff. So sure, it's nice to be able to go from like the two guitar rock thing, you know, in your face two guitars, and then switch that to keyboards and just break up the sound. So there's a lot more choices and a lot more stuff going on. So how do you? I mean, there's a this is a fascinating thing for me. There's not a lot of bands that I listen to that a guy plays two instruments. Sure, sure. So you know, I see I have a lot of friends go and they're like, oh, that guy's he's he's <laughs> the man. He does both things and yeah, he's he's like the Swiss Army knife for the band. And I've gotten that before. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, that's that's a compliment. So Thank you. how do you balance your practice time? What would you say like half and half, or what do you think you? Kind I, know, of- I always I think about that too. I'm always like, oh, should I be? What should I be working on right now? Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like a natural thing. Like I heard some really cool, there's some amazing keyboard players back on Jam Cruise like we were talking about, so I saw some like crazy stuff. So that made me just kind of inspired to, you know, oh, and we played Josie was the one cover that we played. Sure. So that has some really cool chords, and I played it on keys, obviously. Um, so just like, just when things inspire me, which is, is when I'll like spend some more time on that. Like I'll hear a song that I want to learn, or I'll be inspired by somebody else that I see, and I'm like, wow, I need to, you know, up my chops or, you know, learn this or that. So it's kind of like whatever I'm inspired by at the time. So when you're going through a jam, mm-hmm. how are you deciding like, oh, I think like maybe I, this needs a little bit more guitar. Or this is a good spot. Yeah. I think is it the a... song that kind of dictates that or is it, it depends on the jam or yeah, how do you kind of make those Yeah, decisions? I've been asked before and I still don't know maybe the best way to answer, but it's, it's, it's kind of just like a natural thing again, which is like what a lot of the band, uh, a lot of the band does. Um, it's like a, the set's been real guitar heavy. Like the first two songs, it's just like straight guitar in your face, and then the next song comes to an open jam. Like I'll probably go to the keys to break it up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, or vice versa. If I was doing all keyboard work, it's time to you know bring a little rock guitar in or you know, any kind of guitar really. Um, so I break it up that way. So like the song choice and how the jams have been going, like you know the energy of the room. If it's like a real rock and raging, mostly a feel thing on your. Yeah, call. it really it really kind of is. Um, and obviously, like if we're doing a cover song, you know that'll dictate if I need to play, you know, keys and or guitar. So kind of nice. natural, just feel it out. Do you love both, or do you love do. guitar a little bit more, or is it a or pretty much balanced? Yeah, I think I, I flop back and forth. Yeah. between the two, I think um, I feel like I'm always a guitar player at heart. Maybe sure. That's that's what I learned first. That's what I definitely feel the most comfortable in. Yeah, like I could feel like I can hang with most people if I'm playing guitar, which you can. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I feel like I'm definitely out of my league if I'm like 
some like crazy keyboard players like i know how to play a g chord do you know yeah. how to do that so but you have a good feel for it and i think people appreciate that. yeah, yeah. i can i can make I mean, my way through and it. i think that it's got to give you a whole different perspective the fact that you can play guitar as well as you do thank you and you know what you know mike's probably l- looking for mm-hmm. on keyboard like right. you, you know what he wants to hear that it's nice unique, to be able to bounce both of those instruments like off you have the guitar, a whole different yeah. way of looking at things that right. you know a lot of keyboard players don't have. I, sure. I think that's a fascinating dynamic to, to the Thank whole you. thing. I, I so. think it, it works well for the band and it definitely definitely helps. It's it creates a cool thing exactly. go to the most important question maybe that i have here so hit me with it dave loss maybe if you don't know him like i do maybe the nicest guy i've ever met on planet earth no so we have an important question what's (laughs) what's the worst thing in your life you've ever done okay let's hear it oh the worst thing i don't don't know if i've ever done i'm a goody two shoes i think you already know that i don't even need to tell you there's got to be something i mean okay so like the worst thing worst thing i remember the thing that comes to mind when I was I can't I think we were in middle school it was with Nick okay. Nick and one of our other friends at the time it was like I don't know we had this obsession with buying smoke bombs you know the smoke sure. bomb things they sold them at like the corner store or what Dollar General whatever the heck it was so we would always be throwing those around and there's a field like in the back of my house okay so we were like oh this would be sweet let's throw them in the field and the smoke will come up it'll be really cool uh, so we did that <laughs> And the field like started to like go on fire. It was like on fire for a minute. So then like the fire trucks had to come. It was never. It wasn't like a huge fire, but you know we set the field on fire for a minute. And like so that like the neighbor was there with his hose, just like hey, helping, trying to help out. And then the fire trucks came. And it was a, it was a whole thing. That's pretty for you. That's pretty pretty badass. I mean, it was no forest fire. It was no. you know, the fire was probably about the size of this table. You've never been arrested? No, never been arrested. Yeah. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. I mean, is it rock and roll? No. <laughs> but it probably is a good thing. So let's go into some of your favorite aqueous moments in history. So you've been All there right. from the beginning. Yeah. Um, you give me a couple of yours. I know I have one sure. personally that well, I'll talk. What's yours? What's yours? My favorite Dave Loss moment. Well, it, and it's right up there, my favorite aqueous moments. Oh, okay. You played Suck so Your I'm, Kiss. I'm the top of your moments, yeah, it's, me personally. It's right up there. You played Suck Your Kiss. Or Suck My Kiss yeah, yeah. Uh, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Nietzsche's. Yeah. Is that and like right, 2013? That sounds right. Yeah. I think. It was pretty yeah. much right after, you know, I had started to got to know you pretty good, so this was why it made it even better for me. Right, sure. And you jumped up on top of the speaker, <laughs> oh, and yeah. you yelled swing, and you owned it like I couldn't even fathom. <laughs> like, it was straight. Now, there you go. That was your rock and roll moment for me. Sure. Because I grew up with the Chili Peppers and Anthony Kiedis, and it was straight oh, Anthony yeah. Kiedis. We did, yeah, we did a tribute to the Chili Peppers once. Yeah, maybe it was twice. right around that time. I don't know. Maybe we did it twice. I don't. I can't remember. But, yeah, so we've learned a bunch of their tunes. Their tunes are fun. I did pretty much all, like, yeah, the Anthony Kiedis stuff. But, I, dude, I, I laughed so hard when you jumped on that speaker. I think also that show, unless it was a different Nietzsche show, which we played a lot of Nietzsche shows. I think yeah. we played their... 30 times I think we Sounds added right. it up sure which I was blown away when I found that out but I think we also played Bawa to Ba Kid Rock that night yep 
And I think Nick came up and, and fronted the, the and band. I, and I think Nogal drummed on Yeah, that, but correct? that was before he was in the band. I don't, correct. We didn't even announce him. Yeah. He just came, some random guy with a wig came up. <laughs> I don't that know was, why we gave him a wig. I remember all of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you that know. was great. It was it was amazing. So, But yeah, the, the you yell and swing on the speaker, man. I'm telling you, I will never forget that. I'm forever. glad that that is such a memory that sticks yeah. in your head. So some of your what's some of your favorite moments? Okay, Dave? well, at, I mean, besides, I mean, ballroom obviously is probably the top okay. memory that I've ever had in the band, just because of you know we've we talked about it a little bit already. Sure. So that's amazing. Also at the ballroom earlier, uh, when we played with Twiddle in March, Evan crowd surfed. That is on the top of my memories. As that well. is also pretty damn he cool. He owned me. that. Um, what was that? NWA? Yeah, it was yeah. NWA. Hell yeah, that's what we were. I was trying to think. Yeah, I couldn't remember. It was, what we were um, Express yourself. Yes, and he just owned it, dropped the mic, crowd surfed, and it was awesome. It was because that was your first time at Tom Ballroom. Yeah, the place was awesome energy. Yeah, and it was cool for me to see you guys there, and that was pretty awesome. I agree with you. <laughs> we were the, we were the, the band opening. That's the guy that crowd surfed. Yes, I thought that it was so funny. And the best part was like I remember the next day. All of his uh, coworkers from Wegmans came. And oh I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah! You guys missed it by a day. <laughs> I'm like, they all had shirts with Evan on. Oh yeah, I'm like you could have. He seen was the that. rock star that day. He was absolutely. The rock star. It was awesome. Yeah, so that was definitely a, a highlight. Um, if anybody wants to see that video, there's some good video of that out. Hit me up, there and, is. and I'll direct it to that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's yeah. Especially, I think I don't. I can't just that stage perspective. Yeah, I'm just floating around. Yeah, you guys were loving it. Yeah, it was it was great. Um... Let's see what else we did. I was just talking about Nietzsche's again. That residency that we did—that was pretty cool. I love that. Back in February, I think that was 2014. Uh, Sounds right. Yeah, it was in February. We did. I think that was like a decades night, a love night for like Valentine's Day or whatever. Oh, Evan had a, another interesting costume that night. I think he had like one of those like Chippendale outfits on or something. Yeah, you did. Some crazy and Beatles. Yeah, I mean, it was we, cover we night, and exactly. I, I was like, I remember saying to you guys, anything but the Beatles. <laughs> And of course, it was Beatles. <laughs> it was the Beatles. We did it. We did it. We did it. Justice. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. We, we picked out some. Uh, it was all right. Yeah, we would do it way better now. That's I say that about everything. But no, it was great. Those four nights were were really good. I yeah. remember the Britney Spears cover was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was decades love. Oh yeah, and my favorite one was the Willy Wonka. Yeah, that was people yeah. still talk to me about that, which is really cool. And I I, I really like that. that. Was a really like unique and interesting. So one of the jams we had like that super trippy boat scene. Yeah. So that was that was kind of neat, just to jam to this like crazy scene. Yeah, that's my first aqueous ticket. Yeah, was from that because you guys, I just pay and I come in. Yeah, but I had like you had the residency pass and I have yeah. like the laminate from that. That was, nice. so that's my first aqueous ticket. There you, go. there you go. So that, that was cool. Was cool. Um, um, we've done some other cool stuff. We did like um, we were we were talking about Aquapod. You love that Aquapod? Right? Yes, that was really neat. I love Dopapod. They're definitely one of my favorite bands. And favorite people. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool to be able to just play kind of some of their tunes and learn some of our tunes. Their tunes are way harder. So <laughs> they could just kind of come up and just, oh, it's an E. Okay, I got it. Where we had to sit and practice for hours on theirs. But uh, that was really cool. We've also done, uh, I like, we've done a couple of times like these, like those sessions. We did one with Relics and one for Paste Magazine. It was just kind of like more intimate. What was the one you just did? The Paste Magazine. That was cool. Yeah, Loved it, it. it was yeah. really neat. It was one. Of, I just I like us playing in that kind of like condensed format. It's it's really nice. It's kind of it shows the, like a different side of the band, and it's it's nice to be able to focus kind of more on that as opposed to when you're playing a show, you're focusing on the energy of the room and mm-hmm. like these and jams and stuff. So it was kind of cool just so to focus on down. the song yeah. and you know 
So I, I like doing those things. Nice. Mm-hmm. We touched on a little bit. So Rob is kind of a little bit newer to the band here. Yes. And like coming up on two years. Two years, though. I know. He, I lose track. Him and I talked about it, and I couldn't believe it's only that it's been that long already. I feel like he just joined the other I know. Day. But it, at the same time, it also feels like he's just, he's, of course he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, he is the guy. So it feels And good. now you have, you know, I give props here to Ryan, who's oh, recording yeah. for us. And yes. he's been doing your sound for about the same time. He started the first gig he had. Which was, you should get a podcast of him talking about how stressful his first gig <laughs> was. We played at the Fillmore in, was it Philly? Uh, we opened for the Disco Biscuits. Yeah. And we got like, how long was your sound check for the Disco Biscuits? Three seconds? seconds? Yeah. We got a 30 second sound check. <laughs> this was his first gig. He's never, he was doing the lights, because he always does lights and sound for us. And then he also does TMs. He does a lot of tour managed stuff. So he does, he's got a lot on his plate. So for, yeah, that was a, it was a funny way to, to start it off. Just like, oh, here you go. Yeah. But. Yeah, so he's amazing, and uh, we've been doing some some really good stuff since he's you know come it's, on board. It's nice to have the sound right where you want it when you jump. Yeah, on stage. it's really it's like a comfort thing having him there, knowing that we don't have to worry about all of that that he's got it taken care of, which is huge. Because a lot of time, if you don't have someone that you trust out front doing that kind of thing, it makes you definitely a little more anxious on stage. Like, oh, should I not, does it sound okay? Yeah. Like, people are looking at me funny. Do they not hear me? I don't know. Yeah. And then so you don't have to worry about that. And uh, his the light rig that he brings has been like it's huge for us. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I love that. Thank, yeah. thank you. Well, thank him. Uh, Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, we're always trying to. We're gonna start as time goes on. Try to integrate some more like unique things because you see like the moving lights and the the beams and the spots and it's pretty standard. So we're gonna try and integrate some more unique things that maybe people don't see as much as as time goes on. Great. Yeah. You're a scientist. You you could say that. I do. I ha, I like to. Say, I have a degree in chemistry. I can say that. Okay, full degree. Yeah, BS in chemistry. Yeah. And like, is there a division of chemistry? It's just chemistry. Uh, my degree is just chemistry. Okay. Yeah, Bachelor of Science in, in chemistry. So what do you what do you do with that degree? I nothing. I not- I play music. <laughs> so it's you useless. Have a job, right? You have a job. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, right. I work in a lab, but and what do you do in the work. lab? It's just like quality testing stuff it's like really basic stuff like nothing nothing crazy just like monitoring sewer samples it's like it's real basic stuff i just do that when i'm home to make some extra money but it makes it easy because you, know, you make a little more money doing that because you have like the the science degree yeah do you so. love it i, I mean i like science yeah that's you for like sure. science i mean obviously music is what i love to do 
the most, but I like science, uh, physics and science and chemistry. It's all super interesting to me. There's a certain level that I get to where it just was way over my head. But, you know, to that point, it's really interesting. It's really cool. Have you met any other person in the jam band community that is a scientist? <laughs> I don't know if I have. I've definitely talked to people about it. I feel like I definitely met at least one person. There you go. All right. That's more than <laughs> Do I Do I remember thought. who it is? No. 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 Okay. no. But I'm sure there was somebody. Nice. Uh, nice. But that was, yeah. All right. I always thought it of was, information. I always thought it was crazy that you were you had a, a laboratory job and yeah, right. you're a ripping musician on stage. So that's yeah, true. It's a nice it's change like of Clark pace, Kent right? Superman type of thing. <laughs> basically, it's basically yeah. that same uh, thing. Basically, what you are. Yeah. So I'll take that. We should call you the mad scientist. I mean, that'll work. I mean, you kind of do both of the crazy stuff on. I know. You're I experimenting just, on stage. I should just start wearing a lab coat up there. Yeah, do that. Would crazy, be cool. you know, goggles, glasses, whatever. <laughs> so. Let's talk about your gear a little bit. Uh, um, what kind of guitar do you play? It's a PRS. Okay. Uh, it's one of the 408 models. I think it's 2012 uh, was the year. Um, so, yeah, I play that. I love that thing. You, just, you bought it a couple years ago? I think I got it. It's a, It was made in 2012, and I think I got it that same year because I feel like I've had it for about four or five years now. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I know. Time flies. That's I know. Yeah. Um, so I love that thing. It does well in all the climates. Like when we fly out to Colorado, down to Jam Cruise, like it stays, you know, don't have to worry about it going out of whack or anything. So, and I just love the feel of it. PRS was always the one guitar that I always pick up at, you know, Guitar Center or whatever. I always just love the feel of it. Very expensive, but beyond that, they're uh, they're amazing, and I'm really glad that I made the investment mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. And acoustic? I have one acoustic. I don't really play it too much. Yeah. I wish I was better at like because playing acoustic is a whole other animal, especially if you're trying to finger pick and just all the different styles that you can do on that. I wish I was better at some of that. Mike's better than I am at a lot of that, but um, I, just, I think I've had like an Epiphone master built. It's nothing crazy. When you do the Emporium gigs, you play that, right? Yeah, or, that's yeah. what I play for that, yeah. exactly. Funny story about that guitar. I won when Fish came back, is it 2009? That's correct. And they did uh, the Hampton shows. That's correct. All of my friends, you're, you're a big Fish fan. Yeah. You, know all the, <laughs> you know all the stats. That is correct. Um, Bigger Aquarius fan. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank no you. No problem. I... Uh, me and all my friends put in for tickets because you did like the lottery thing, mm-hmm. and I was the only one that got tickets. I think I got, I think it was only one ticket too. So I was like, well, I almost went by myself. My dad was either going to drive me down or, or something, maybe, or maybe I got two. Maybe he was going to go with me. I don't remember. But I decided not to, and I ended up selling it. So you know, you paid whatever fifty hundred bucks, whatever it was for the lottery, and I ended up selling it for like five six hundred bucks, and that's how I got that guitar. Mm. So my acoustic guitar is thanks to Fish. There you go. I'm right. sure they would like that. I, th- I think I think Trey would be okay. He'd be with cool that. with that. Yeah. yeah, it's usually frowned upon getting a little bit more than what you pay for in our community. I'll, I'm just going to be honest with you. But here. if you buy a guitar with that and you're producing music, I think we're going to be okay. Exactly. It's the one. I'll give you a pass on that. Okay. All right. You know, I, I see what you're saying, but okay. I, I like to keep it real. Yeah. Just tell you how it is. Oh yeah, Dave lost keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we thought was going to so happen. real here. Uh, let's talk about your keyboard. What do you play? Uh, it's a no. Actually, I just got it not that long ago. Nord Electro 5D. Okay. Uh, I had an Electro 2 before. Nord's. Uh, I, I love all of their keyboards as well. Um, this one's cool because it, like the piano on the other one sounded okay, but this one sounds way better. It's like a lot more palette of sounds mm-hmm. to choose from. All the sounds are amazing on that. So that's like all the organs, uh, clavs, pianos, roads, all that stuff. And then I can actually do some samples so I can get you know some synth stuff going on that as well. Some pads and whatever else. I used a lot of that for the gorilla stuff. Mm-hmm. Without that it would have been not a whole, happened, yeah. A 
a lot harder to do. Would have had to borrow a keyboard or something. Um, so I got that, and then up top for all of the solos is a uh, Sub 37. So Moog synthesizer. Moog is awesome too. Here's a question that um, somebody asked me to ask you: Was yeah, what songs have you written? Uh, what are the Dave songs? Okay, well, Dave song. Dave song. That's probably yeah. Is okay. obvious, I think. Uh, How long did it take you to come up with that name? <laughs> that was when we were still bad at naming songs. I feel like we always will be, but that was when we were really bad. Yeah. And obviously, listening to a lot of fish, like, oh, fish has Mike's song. Yeah. We'll call this one Dave's song. Yeah. Super original, super lame. Yeah. But that's what it is. No, it is. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that one, uh, Eldehyde. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Staring into the sun, calling out. Most of the songs that I sing are the ones that I wrote, and if Mike's singing it, most likely he. They're wrote calling it. for you. Is that you? Uh, no, it was Mike. Mike. Yeah. Uh, or what's the connection? What that's mine. That's yeah. yours. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that growing. That was kind of when I started getting into you guys. Oh, okay. That came out, and I remember that was yours. And yeah. So that's a good one. That one's fun to play. Um, haven't played that one in a while. You got some of the big the big guys in the catalog. Yeah, I, I, a lot of the yeah, like the staring into the sun and calling. Those are little longer composition pieces. I don't know how to whittle it down, so I just throw a bunch of stuff together and yeah. just see what happens. And when you write, do you just sit down and do it, or it kind of evolves? Or yeah, I mean, it's definitely every song kind of has its own creation, you know, path. However, you got there. Um, but yeah, it just kind of comes. Sometimes it'll be more or less complete when I bring it to everybody else, and then. You know, once we start playing it all together, it takes its own shape. From like, like the first demo to like the finished product, there's definitely a lot that goes on in between. Sometimes it stays somewhat similar, but other times it'll just be like drastically different. Right. Like totally rearranged. Because um, like when you're playing it by yourself in your room, what you think might sound cool to you, when you try and play it with the other three guys, it just doesn't work. Sure. It sounds weird. You have to change stuff around. So, but that's a good thing because that's why I like. You know, being in the band with everybody else, it kind of like comes together, and everyone adds their own little ingredient to the uh, to the pot there. So sure, yeah. Do you have any favorites that you like to jam on? Do you have any of uh, all aqueous of songs? All, yeah, I don't know. It's usually whatever we've. It's like the newest piece that we've written is what you like. Is usually yeah. what I like to play, which I guess kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's the newest, it's freshest. It's freshest. Um, and other than that, it just kind of goes in cycles. Like I like playing all in. For whatever reason, a lot right now. Just, just what, just like it just goes in, you know. Well, I mean, it takes three minutes, and then you're jamming, and it's like. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, yeah and it, 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 that's the thing, because sometimes you'll have like a song that just the jams seem to be going somewhere every time. Yep. And then eventually that jam will hit a wall, and you're like, I never want to play this song again. It sucks. Sure. sure. And then you like stop jamming in that one, or you switch it up, and then you eventually come back to it like two years later, and like, oh, this is great, you know. Do you so it ha- goes in a cycle. Do you have any favorite recent shows other than Town, town Ballroom? Uh, let me see. Uh, I mean, all you the, liked um, Pittsburgh. You told me right. Pittsburgh was really cool. Yeah. That was a that was a fun one. That was definitely like the best crowd we've ever done mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. So that was cool. Um, let's see. I mean, all the Unfreeze gigs have been pretty cool. 
did a lot of cool festivals. We did, oh, Brooklyn Comes Alive. That was really neat because that's when we did the uh, the Moquia set with Al and Vinny. That was pretty cool. I saw Al with Everyone Orchestra the, when he was here recently. He is just so good. Yeah, I, I love him. I love his super style. Super nice dude. Yeah. Um, we've, you know, been, it's been nice to be able to like kind of hang out with those, the Mo guys a little bit and super nice, great players. Obviously we love the band. So that was definitely like a highlight cause they were one of the first bands that we saw that got us into the whole jam band thing. I think it was 2007, uh, Thursday at the square they played there and that was like the first jam show that we saw and we're like, whoa, what is this? I think Mike might've even talked about it yeah. in your pie. I can't remember, but. Um, so that was like a total game changer kind of thing. So that band has always like had like a special place in our hearts for sure. So being able to play with those guys, Al and Vinny, it was kind of like surreal, like, you know, playing our songs and then turning, there's Al play, <laughs> playing and singing with me. Vinny's back there and it was, it was crazy. Uh, but you, you played with them with everyone orchestra, right? I, th- oh yeah. Well, yeah, I played yep. with, uh, was definitely Al, was, Al, Al definitely was there, Al. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool. But to be doing like Mo tunes yeah. and uh, mixing in with our tunes, like a show just for that. Them playing your songs is pretty crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. it was like that's crazy. Whoa, what is happening? It was like the the ballroom thing when we sold it. I was like, what what is, what is this? What is happening? Yeah. This is so cool. It's cool. Can't like even like wrap like my mind. Making your it. dreams come true, man. That's yeah, super it, cool. It it really is. So, and speaking of that, you guys are going to be opening for them, right? Yeah, uh, February twenty third, Palace in Albany. That's amazing yeah that's gonna be really cool it'll yeah. be actually our we've done a lot of stuff with them over the years but it'll be actually be a, like officially our first show opening you know supporting them so you cool. also you also took over their encore right we did oh that's right yeah see i forgot i know i'm pretty good you are good yeah that was that was i should have had that as like one of my top amazing so moments. talk about that that was really cool yeah we were in boston we played with opapod which was awesome uh at the Paradise, I think it was in Boston, and then we knew that Mo, Mo was playing at uh, Sinclair. That's what it was uh, around the corner. Well, it was like twenty minutes away, so we're like, oh, you know, we played our set, stuck around for Dope Pod. Like, oh, let's catch the end of Mo. So we got over there. We know the tour manager, um, a bunch, you know, mutual friends and everything. So we, we ended up getting backstage, and they invited us back there. And like, oh, hey guys, how's it going? And we're like, you know who we are? Nice. You know, we're so we're like, it was it was so nice. They were super. You know, hospitable, let us in the green room, like take whatever snacks or drinks, whatever you want. And then I think it was Al came up with the idea, like, oh, you know, one of you guys should sit in, but since you're all here, why don't you just come out and play the encore with us or just do do a thing? And we're all like, and definitely, I don't know if on our face if you could see it, but definitely inside we all like froze, like, oh no. Awesome and oh. panic at the same time. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh shit, is he, is, he, is he for real? Like, I don't, yeah. So it was like one of those, like, like the next, because I did like three sets that night. They were like hour sets or whatever. So like that, and this was in between the second and third. So that last hour for their third set, I was just, we were just like pacing back. I'm like, oh shit, oh man, oh my god, because I think it was like one of those out of the nowhere, like yeah, they yeah. want uh, they want us to you know. So that was really so we like came up with just like a little plan. We just did like a jam in G minor or something, and then went into like a little composed section, and and we were out. Uh, but that was really cool that they just like. Al just asked us to come up there. And, what was and the it. crowd response like? It was cool. Yeah, they were digging. I it. think they dug it. Yeah, I think it's cool. It was it was pretty insane. I I, I dug it. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that was it was an like an insane moment. I feel like I was on like way up. I was in cloud nine for like the whole night and next day for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I think he he inter- Al did he introduced us as Sacagawea because we were, I think it was we were talking backstage about. 
we couldn't get on Modown for whatever reason, so we said we were going to go under a different name. And we are like, what's aqueous backwards? And he said, Sacagawea. I don't know how that's aqueous backwards. So for you non-Buffalo listeners, the Sacagawea is an expressway out here in Buffalo. It is. Yes, there you so, go. So there's uh, the Buffalo connection. Yeah. But apparently aqueous backwards is Sacagawea. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. Oh. So that, that's how he introduced oh, okay, us. I gotcha. Okay. I, I don't know. But so when we got out on the stage, he he did his, his ale announcements. Uh, and he basically said, oh, here's Sacagawea. And then these four random kids that nobody knows. That's hilarious. Some, some people knew, obviously, because yeah. we have a lot of fans of ours are in the MoCamp, sure. too. So, yeah, that was that was a pretty pretty crazy one. So, upcoming. So, we talked about that. You're going to be opening for Mo. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And what else you have planned for this year so far? we got some good festivals coming up. Um, like you said, the, the gig with Mo. Just some good stuff. we got a new album. Working, finishing that up. Hopefully that'll be out in the spring. That'll be cool. Uh, working on some new music. Opening for? Uh, I think. Papadocio? Oh, yeah, the Papadocio day is Papa, coming up. Papadocio. Yeah, I, I lose track of everything yeah, so sure. quickly. Like, we could just... Uh, but you got a decent amount of dates with those guys. Exactly. So yeah. that'll be coming up. That's really cool. Um, what else? I think we're going to try and get some vinyl out this year. Wow. We've been, t- we've been wanting to do that for a long time. It just never... So the new album... Uh, Hopefully. I think so. I think that's the plan. It just it makes it tough as our albums are usually kind of long, like most of our songs anyways. So it's hard to, I mean, you have to at least do a double in that case. You can't fit all of that on one right. piece of vinyl. It's like 18 or 22 minutes a side is like the max or whatever. So our albums are usually over an hour. So that, you, know, you got to go into a second set. It makes it expensive. So I think that's one of the reasons that we haven't done it yet. But that's a goal. Um, yeah, all those Papadocio dates and then a lot of headlining stuff coming up supporting the uh, new album. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think on a programming note, we're going to have a couple of the guys on for Aqueous when the album comes out. We're going to talk about the tracks, do a kind of session like that. Sure. So that, that's on the docket, so that should be pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm excited because there's a lot of material on there that we... No one's heard. Yeah. There's a couple songs that we've played out, but mostly it's all new stuff, which is cool. I'm glad that we've taken this approach because we've never done that af- yeah. before, but I'm bummed because we can't play any of it. Yeah. Our own rule, I guess, that we can't play any of it because we want to save it. Yep. So I'm excited to eventually be able to play those tunes out live. So. And then they'll morph, you know. They'll, mm-hmm. So that's great. Exactly. So, uh, anything else, Dave? I mean, this has been pretty good. I mean, I think we covered a lot of it. Yeah. Talked all about right. all the good stuff we got coming up, like the album and, and working things, on new music. Things are great. And- yeah, I think I'm going over to, to Mike's place later to work on a new tune. And nice. All new stuff coming. Great. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for coming on. It's been yeah. an absolute pleasure. And well, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can always find Aqueous at aqueous.com or aqueousband.com. There you go. Yep. You got it. Sorry. And you can hit me up again, all in with AQ on Twitter. And I'm happy to steer you guys into anything you want to listen to or connect you to the band. And then on my own programming note in between interviews, I'm going to be starting a new thing where I kind of mix up some of the Aqueous jams, kind of my picks. And so it'll be a nice, easy-to-listen format and show you some of the incredible jams these guys are throwing out. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And, again, this was All In with Aqueous with Dave Lost.